Our Untangled Minds by CUSM is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional medical or psychological advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Please make sure if you do have any questions or concerns that are medical or psychological in nature that you seek out a physician or qualified mental health provider for further help. Furthermore, the information, viewpoints, or opinions expressed in this podcast are solely the views of the individuals that are involved. They do not represent absolute fact and are subject to change at any point in time. CUSM does not accept responsibility for these views. Lastly, the names and details of any medical stories shared in this episode have been edited for privacy. Good day to our listeners. Thank you for listening to Our Untangled Minds at CUSM. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about a community cook-along here at CUSM. I, Drew Richard, will be interviewing our co-host for today, Skylander. Thanks for having me on, Drew. Of course. Who in the future, Sky and I will be interviewing the rest of the student community here at CUSM, finding out what they like to eat, as well as um, how they like to cook it. So if you are interested in learning more about the foods that the students around the CUSM community can cook or like to cook in their free time, go ahead and give us a listen, or you can check out the rest of our episodes um, on Spotify or iTunes. Okay. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on the CUSM Community Cook-Along. On today's episode, my name is Drew Richard, and I have here with us Sky Lander uh, in the CUSM Untangled Minds podcast studio today. Today we are going to be talking about uh, culinary dishes from around our histories and around our experiences in Southern California or around the world. Uh, today's dish is shakshuka, brought to us by Sky. So, Sky, if you could just introduce yourself a little bit and tell me what shakshuka is to start us off. Hi, so my name's Sky. I'm here with my friend Drew, obviously. Um, shakshuka is basically a Middle Eastern dish. It's eggs poached in tomato sauce, very simply. Uh, you can add vegetables to it, you can add seasonings to it, but at its core, it's eggs poached in tomato sauce. Okay, so from what I'm getting from this, shakshuka has a very a lot of variety that can be added depending on what ingredients you mix with this kind of base foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like generally it's great to like if you have leftover veggies, you're not sure what to do with them. You kind of just take one big arm and you scoop them all into this pot that you got the eggs in. So, you know, you could throw in anything. I've thrown in every veggie that I've, you can see at a food market into shochuka and it's always amazing. Okay, and just a point of clarification for some of our newer cooks here. Could you explain what poaching is exactly? Sure. So poaching, usually you imagine it in water. So what it is is you're boiling eggs. You crack it out of the eggshell. Um, Hard-boiled eggs are inside the eggshells. When you poach it, you crack the egg into a boiling liquid, and that's what cooks the egg. So an ideal poach will basically have the egg whites fully cooked, because that's when the egg is safe. You never want uncooked egg whites. And the egg yolk is going to be somewhat runny on the inside. That's ideal. So you cut into it in whatever form that may be, and the yolks spill out, and the egg white solid. Okay, and then, that's interesting. So then with this dish, you also mentioned that it's a tomato uh, as the, the liquid that you're cooking it in. So you're essentially poaching this egg in tomato sauce, is that correct? Yes. Fascinating. Um, that must require some some kind of experience or repeated attempts in order to kind of get that practice done, is that right? Yeah, so I actually okay. have a long history with shakshuka, and oh. as a background, I, um, you know, actually, that ties in. So would you mind if I went into it? Please. Okay. So um, in undergrad, um, my ex-girlfriend's mom uh, came from Israel. And I actually 
had a hard time conversing with her. Although we were very like, you know, cordial with each other and we liked each other, it was very hard because she spoke very little English. Uh, but one day she came out and she was cooking shakshuka and my general interest in cooking kind of like led me to ask her what that is and she showed me how to make it. And we kind of forged a relationship over this one dish and we realized that each other, we both like to cook and she, we started trading recipes. I would have to like go to Google, translate it all to Hebrew, send it to her and vice versa. It was actually just kind of like this beautiful relationship, you know, where like almost no words were exchanged, but like we like created things together and we like, you know, kind of forged a bond over that. Um, so it actually has a lot of meaning to me. It was something kind of like bestowed upon me in, in a sense. Yeah, so it's like you you built a bridge through food. Yes, yeah, I think that's I think that's why I love food so much. I actually was uh, a sous chef and a chef back in UCSB as well. So I like as far as career pathways, as far as what I do in my free time, you know, like my my roommate last night made fun of me for making a slow meal because it was uh, twenty minutes, and for me that's like <laughs> the quickest meal I made in like weeks. But um, yeah. Okay, so for for everyone joining us here today, given your experiences with cooking in the past, what's the skill level that you would estimate this dish to be? Um, I think this is a very basic dish. I feel like there's a couple ways of making it even simpler, and I'll go into it. Um, as far as the preparation, there's one hard part, and that's knowing when the egg's poached. That literally just takes time, and you will mess this up. The best part about messing this up is it's still delicious. You do not lose. You can only make it more delicious. I'd say starts off at a ten, and then you will ex you will you will gain knowledge that you did not know was previously possible. You will ascertain taste. Uh, okay, I'm hyping this dish up. It's fantastic. Um, going forward, uh, I will kind of go into what the hard part is when I feel like I go through the recipe. I feel like it's a good time to talk about it. Okay. So speaking of the recipe now, why don't we move into the ingredient selection? So you mentioned that this is a very um, versatile dish. It can have a lot of ingredients added to it, but let's start with the foundation. What's the base for shakshuka? Okay, so as far as the base, you have the tomato sauce, which you can get in three different ways. You could literally do canned marinara sauce, like anyone you find from the grocery store. It could be flavored, doesn't matter. You could do tomato paste and water, which is a great cheap alternative. It's something I did while I had like no money and I needed to fill myself up for like most of a day while I was studying for the MCAT. And the last one is you could just do a can of crushed tomatoes. As far as the eggs go, you want to take out, I don't know, however, uh, however many eggs you want to eat. Obviously we're all like different sizes with different appetites. I'll do four, <laughs> no judgments. And uh, you want them about room temperature for the best poaching. So you just, when you take out all the ingredients, when you're chopping stuff up, just take them out right at the beginning and by the time you put them in, they'll be fine. As far as the vegetables go, uh, whatever you have, that's the big point. You could do this with no vegetables. That really doesn't matter. I, in this recipe, I'm going to use uh, literally my leftovers. So I'm using one white onion, a little bit of olive oil, one tablespoon to be precise, six cloves of garlic. I would start with three. I'm a fiend for garlic. One zucchini leftover, one red bell pepper, and uh, a little bit of liquid if you're using um, a tomato paste, like I said before, a can of tomatoes as the alternative. I also used a carrot. And I want to go on kind of an extension here. One thing you can do, it's not traditional, but it is absolutely delicious, is add your favorite cheese on top of this once it's done cooking. So if you like cheese, you want to make it that kind of like that fatty indulgence on top of the marinara sauce or the, the tomato sauce, 
go ahead and pull out some cheese too. And I'll tell you when to put that on later. Okay, interesting. Um, so is there any other way that you could serve the tomatoes outside of the, you mentioned there's a kind of canned diced and then you could just serve tomatoes. Um, the paste. The paste. Right. Um, is there any way that we could flavor that tomato paste? To make yes. it a little more enjoyable? Ab yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing is when you're using tomatoes from a can, mm -hmm. so everything except the marinara option, you want to basically cook out the tint taste is what it's called. Mm. So you need heat to get rid of that taste. You can get rid of most of that taste with just heat alone. So you can either add some water um, to it and let it kind of sizzle off a little bit, but the biggest thing you want to do is add seasonings, right? So that's how you're just going to build the base of this dish, and whatever was in the can will absorb the, you know, the seasoning, the spices. I feel like that's a very important note. So I'd say for this dish, there's three absolutely essential seasonings, which aren't essential. It'd still be good without them, or whatever you have on hand. But I, you know, choice-wise, heritage-wise of the dish, I would recommend cumin. Seeds or, pow or powder is fine. If you do the seeds, what you should do is you should plop them in with a little bit of oil before you do any veggies or anything. And that's called cooking the spices. And you cook it until you can smell the cumin. It, you cook it till it's aromatic. And then I'd also say pepper and smoked paprika are the absolute essentials. Um, the smoked paprika gives it a smoky, rustic flavor. Also, as far as optionals, but still kind of, you know, based on the heritage of the dish, uh, salt to your taste, oregano, basil, and sitar. Uh, there's a thing called sitar mix that a lot of people know about. Sitar alone is actually just the mint. It's a Middle Eastern mint variant. And also there is barista seasoning, which is just kind of the base of this. So I, I'd recommend any of those. Uh, you can get creative with your own. Rosemary, I mean, just, it's cooking. That's the whole point. You just plop it all in there and just enjoy it. Uh, I would say that the cheese as well, if personal favorites, Gouda and mozzarella, because it's on top of marinara sauce, and I'm not a monster. So get the one that melts really easily, so it just kind of turns into pizza. And as far as making this uh, vegan, it's kind of hard because it's the main protein is the egg. And unlike baking, it's just hard to substitute eggs for just straight cooking. Okay, so let me just recap to make sure I've got all of this correct. You've got about a tablespoon of olive oil. You used some leftovers of an onion, a red bell pepper, a zucchini. You used a can of diced tomatoes and about uh, one carrot, six cloves of garlic, and four eggs, cheese optional. And that should serve how many people? I'd say that would serve uh, two people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so now we've got the premise of this dish kind of started. We've got the ingredients that we need together. Why don't we go ahead and break down the cooking process and techniques that you use to make shakshuka? Um, how do we start? All right. So first of all, I would dice the veggies. So the biggest thing about cooking is you never waste time. So you're either cooking and cleaning or you're cooking and cooking, which means that you're going to start off by putting a little bit of oil in the pan. Actually, heat up the pan first. This is a common mistake people make. You heat up the pan and then add oil. If you start off with oil inside of the pan and heat it up, if the oil is a small, low smoke point, it will start basically start smoking before you put anything in it. Oil will splatter everywhere and it could turn the oil bad. All right, so you have a hot pan and you add oil and then you add veggies. Um, if you're doing the cumin and it's a seed, do it now. You start at the beginning. But anyways, you're gonna start dicing the veggies. For most of the veggies, I'd recommend julienne, which is a way of cutting them into strips. You could just cube it. I mean, no one's judging, it's food and it's gonna taste delicious. 
Um, there's no right or wrong way of doing anything, but I personally like Julianing some stuff, so strips, and then cubing other stuff, and just chunking other stuff, so that way every vegetable has a different variation in texture, right? So you can pick apart uh, components in the dish easier, and it just makes it a more pleasant, like, you know, visible experience. Uh, and also, you know, taste-wise, it's not the same texture. So once you have all the veggies cut up, I would start with onion and garlic. That's the big ones, right? You always start with onions and garlic. You get them nice and translucent. And then after that, I would start adding other veggies um, based on how much you want them cooked. Also, if you like your veggies not hard or crunchy or anything, a way to cook them faster is you add a little bit of salt. The salt will go inside of the vegetables and dehydrate them. So the water will basically leave the veggies faster and your food will cook faster and it's already salted. So I always add salt ahead of time and then salt to taste later, which is what that means if you heard that before. So what you're gonna basically do is when you have the onion and garlic in, you're gonna make sure that you're always stirring the pan. If you leave garlic in and it burns, your dish is done, it's ruined. Garlic burned is not something you can return from. It is completely not reconcilable. Um, I got yelled at plenty of times for burning garlic, so don't don't do it. I mean, if you're cooking for yourself, you can get away with it, but for other people, they, they can taste it. Um, so also, once you have all the veggies cut in, your onion and garlic are ready, you add in all the rest of the veggies, I would start the seasoning. So like the ones I mentioned earlier, cumin, salt, paprika, oregano, you know, whatever, wherever your spice cabinet allows you and wherever your brain will take you is best. I would say about a teaspoon of pepper, a half a teaspoon of smoked paprika, uh, just continue to stir. I would add the salt for dehydration as well. I use none, but I would add up to a teaspoon. And depending on if you have packaged marinara ahead of time, I would add even less because that's already salty. Just something to keep in mind. And if you are using tomato paste, I would cook this for longer. So when you use tomato paste, you're basically going to want to add in the tomato paste before the water. So you have all the veggies cooked. You have all the seasonings in. It should smell absolutely delicious, aromatic. You should be salivating. At this point, you should be trying the veggies because you can't even stop yourself from waiting till the dish is finished. I'm pretty sure I did that when I cooked it. And um, at this point, if you're using tomato paste, you add in a little bit of tomato paste, right? I'd say about half of those small cans and then about a cup or two cups of water. Just, it won't matter later ultimately, but you'll see. And if you're doing marinara, tomato can, now's the time once everything else is cooking. So then you're gonna keep stirring that, have the flavors start incorporating with each other. And you're gonna have this on about medium to high heat the entire time. So that's a saute, right? You want this basically around saute temperature. Once you have all the tomatoes and the veggies and you're reaching a boiled consistency, you're seeing bubbles come up, you're gonna turn this down to about a medium low and let this simmer. So what that means is you have it at a low temperature water is evaporating, you're not going to have a cover on it at this point, so it can reduce. Uh, that's going to basically build the taste and um, the flavors will start incorporating with each other. And then you're going to continue stirring this. And once it's at about a temperature where you shift the pan and the liquid doesn't drastically move, it's somewhere between not stuck to the bottom of the pan, right, because you should have been stirring it this entire time, but it shouldn't fly out of the pan if you move the handle, then you're about the right consistency. So a little thickened. A little thickened, right. Okay. It's, it's, it's a little bit reduced. And at this point, you're gonna get the eggs ready. And what you're gonna do is if you're at the right consistency, you should be able to take your spatula, 
and open up little holes in the bottom of your, uh, at this point, I'd say shakshuka mixture, right? And you're going to open up four holes or however many holes that the uh, that eggs that you have. And the holes should not close up completely. Uh, they shouldn't be so stiff, but they shouldn't basically refill. If they're refilling, you need to reduce it more. When they're not refilling, you basically make those holes, crack each of your eggs into those holes, and then heat a medium low, close the top of the pan. What's going to happen is you're going to have the liquid on all sides cooking the bottom of the egg, and the liquid evaporating from your mixture is going to go up to the top of the pan, condense on the surface of the lid, and cook the top of the egg as well. So that's how the egg whites on the top will get cooked, and the liquid will cook the centers around. At this point, I would say you keep it um, for a few minutes. I wouldn't, at that point, I would start checking it. And keep in mind, every stove is different. Some of them are hotter than others, so you might need to check it earlier, which I would always advise. I would also have a see-through lid. And how you're going to check for the perfect poach that took me a long time to figure out is you're going to literally bop the handle. And if the egg whites move on top, which you should be able to see through the lid vaguely through the steam, then it's not ready yet. And you're going to keep going until there's almost no movement of the egg whites. At that point, you're going to cut the heat, take off the lid, and serve it. If you keep it in the pan, it has to be eaten immediately. If you keep it in the pan, it will overcook. The liquids will continue to cook it, right? So you can't like make this later and then reheat it or anything like that. It's ready to go basically at that point. And then is that how you make shakshuka? That is how you make the best shakshuka. Okay. Well, Sky, thanks so much for sharing that wonderful experience about how shakshuka kind of came into your life and then what since then um, this dish has meant to you. Overall, it seems like a very versatile dish in which a common core of tomatoes and eggs can be used and mixed in a variety of ways to create a very aromatic uh, either breakfast or more sustaining um midday meal that's high in proteins, um, low in fats, low in additional kind of processed sugars, and depending on what vegetables or seasonings you add into it can be uh, a quite nutritious dish indeed. I would like to follow up with one more chef's note at the very end for you cheese lovers. At the very end is when you add the cheese, and that will melt to the hot chukchuka. I'm sorry, I was just remembering that now. <laughs> I just want you to have a good eating experience on our behalf. Um, well, that concludes our conversation about shakshuka today, everyone. Uh, the dish should take approximately the same time as this podcast was to listen to today. We've got the ingredients for you, either in the podcast itself or in the text outside that you can find when you're preparing this. Um, we hope you enjoy this dish. If you have any other questions or would like to see a dish created or would like to join us in creating a dish, please feel free to reach out to us. All right, CUSM community, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and good luck cooking. Thanks for having me on, Drew. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have any questions, comments, or episode suggestions, please email us at oumpodcast at cusm.org. That's O-U-M-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at cusm.org.